You're listening to the two dumb users. Tucker Khan. Derpy's been muted, muted several times and we haven't even been on yet. Mm. He almost got booted to the waiting room, okay? <laughs> you know what? I, I think I'm letting the AI make the uh, thumbnail today. Oh, okay? no. Please don't. Oh, no. You know what? You all want to play games? This is, this is what happens when you play games. Well, I think it was funny that you already had Derpy muted three times before we even started the show. So that kind of gives an, us an indication of how today's going to go. Derpy's already been muted three times. Um, guys, it's going to be 80 degrees here in Pittsburgh today. And you'll see, you'll know I, I have my hoodie on. You'll notice I have my hoodie on. And the reason why is because it's getting drafty, guys. It's getting very drafty. One week from today, one week from today, we're going to have a new number one draft pick here in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. People were, people were, I, I'm starting, I'm starting to see people are losing their minds. You know I mean? It's getting close. You could tell people are getting anxious. People are getting excited. We're getting let me ask you angry. This. Let me ask you this, uh, Mike, uh, just for, for fun. If you had to pick one person out of this draft, let's say that the position didn't even matter. Let's say we're not talking about who we're worried about getting, who positions we're needing to fill. Who's one guy, if you were a GM, that you would take in this draft because he is just hands down the guy that you would love to have on your team as a football player. Oh, <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, God, maybe uh, Will Anderson Jr., linebacker okay. out of Alabama, or um, 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 um who is it? Uh, is it Tyree Wilson, the uh, edge rusher? Okay, about you, Derby. That's the other guy. Derby, who's one one person? Like I said, regardless of who the Steelers need, what the position is, whatever, who cares? I don't care about that. If you could just take one guy from this draft, would would be that one person that you absolutely want on your team just because you you admire him as a football player. Who would it be, Derby? It would be. It would be JSN. Okay. Fair enough. I'm an Ohio State fan. That's all. Oh, oh God! You want a you want a slot receiver? Well, here's my thing. Whenever the Steelers get an Ohio State receiver, they're actually good. San Antonio Holmes was amazing. I, I I can't. You'll notice that I am the guy that goes on and on and on and on and on again about number ten every time anything about Ohio State receivers come because. If you go back and watch, guys, I and I just did this the other day because I, I do. I've gone on and on about San Antonio Holmes for probably the last 10, 15 years of my life. But if you go and you watch his highlights, you just remember how good this guy was. I, I specifically watched a play. It was Bill Cowher's very last play. It was the season after they won the Super Bowl. They didn't make the playoffs the following year. And then uh, Tomlin took over the team the, the next year. This play that ended the season was a number 10 touchdown. And, and I'm convinced that 98% of the league wouldn't have made this same exact play. The play that, that San Antonio Holmes made to finish out that season against the Bengals to finish out Bill Cowher's last season. I, 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 I'm, I was blown away. And I'm not even thinking of the obvious things, the amazing Super Bowl catch, you know, mm -hmm. possibly the best super catch in Super Bowl history. 
um, that aside, just go pull up some of his highlights when you get a minute. He was nothing short of amazing. Probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, wide receiver on this team in my lifetime. I think you you have to throw Antonio Brown in there just because of the talent and the skills that he brought. But pound for pound, I mean, you know, Brown was a sixth round. This guy was a first round. I, I just love San Antonio Holmes. I thought it was so unfortunate the way things played out with him. It was, but I, I JSN is nowhere near the level of athlete that um, San Antonio Holmes was. I think no disrespect to JSN. I, it's, mm, good player. He, I think he's going to be a damn good receiver. He's not a game changer. But you know what, Derby, that, that's your choice, and I respect it. You want to be a homer, be a homer. I'm a homer. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody, welcome. Welcome to the Two Dumb Yenzers. This is episode 291. This day marks 10 days, 10 days, just 10 days, guys, till the NFL draft this time seven. next week. Seven. Seven. Seven days. What seven am I days. Saying? What am I saying? Ten. Uh, a week away, just one week. You need Thursday to go back to school. This time okay. next week. I think he does. Into our, up to our necks in, in draft, in the draft, and uh, we're, we're going to know. Uh, this day next week, who our number one guy is going to be, guys? It, it's getting really exciting. It really is. Um, you know, I, I hope it's. I hope the weather's like this next Friday. You know what? It's probably. I'm pour. supposed to be going to that. It's probably going to pour, Derby. You might even get snow. So don't don't even don't get excited. <laughs> Man, well, I'm going now. I'm definitely going now. <laughs> I heard like Cam Hayward and a bunch of people are going to be there. It's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah um supposed to do his podcast there yeah yeah i i, I want to tell you about a dream i had real quick derby i was oh god <laughs> I, I take a, this 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 nap before the show and when i took my nap today i had a I, I woke up in a cold sweat and i um what happened was this i was talking to somebody i don't even know who it was i i thought it was one of you guys but it wasn't and he was telling me that we had to give all of all 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 of the guys that Omar Khan was able to bring in this free agency season from Armand Watts to Patrick Peterson to Lynn Roberts to the whole gang, the whole gang, the whole dozen, the dirty dozen. We had to give them all back because they found out that Omar Khan was using monopoly money. This was no, no joke. This was a 100% dream. (laughs) And I was so, I, I was so, I was so let down because I thought, Oh my God, everything that we just got excited about everything that we just talked about, everything that we've been talking about for the past, you know, six weeks, it's all gone. We have to go back to square one because we had to give back every single guy because Omar Khan apparently was using monopoly money. And I even, uh, when I got up, I, I got a hold of Mike and I told him and I had it. I, I snoozed. I don't ever, ever use my snooze button ever, but I snoozed derpy because I wanted to find out what the hell happened and if we were going to get our players or not. So I went back into dreamland and of course it wasn't there. It was something totally different when I fell back asleep, but, uh, Yeah. Monopoly money. Yeah, he woke up shook. I was shook. It was uh, it was interesting. I was he, sweating he was, profusely. Yeah, it, it was not pretty. I mean, it could be worse. Could be a brown. Could have been fan. a nightmare. Yeah. You could you could have you could have seen uh, Cleveland win the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's a dream. That is the dream, Derpy. Wow. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, one other thing I do want to talk about real quick. <laughs> Somebody, heck, maybe even in Clint, maybe even make one. <laughs> yeah, 
And also one other thing I want to get to talk about real quick before we get into the show. We have an NFL dad, <clears throat> an NFL dad uh, locally here whose son is in the NFL. I believe he's in the NFL at the moment. I, I, he was a free agent as of last year. And he gets a hold of me on the show or on the um, on one of our social media pages. And he all he, he's, he's such as he's a Steeler basher. OK, <laughs> his son didn't play for the Steelers. And he had a good question. And I don't know. I'm going to ask you guys. <laughs> so I was posting things about Allen Robinson mm-hmm. and the word things we're going to talk about more this morning. And he got on and he, like I said, he, he, he's always, he's always got a nice rebut and he always, you know, don't get me wrong. He, you know, he comes at me with something. It's always something, but he asked me today and I posted a few things about Allen Robinson. He says, if this guy is so good, why did the Rams get rid of him? And I, and I haven't responded yet. I don't know if it was, um, they're just, maybe they're looking for receivers in the draft. Maybe, um, I I don't know. Maybe they just got caught. Maybe they can't afford them. Maybe they that's get, what I mean, it is right there. They it's salary cap issues. That's salary cap. They are in salary cap hell. They went all in to get the Super Bowl, and they did. And now, they they yeah they can't afford it. They had a, a you know that's why they couldn't resign OBJ. Yeah, they're they they're tight against the cap. It, you know. So, so there you go. I don't know if you if you're listening, but if you are, there there's the answer. Salary cap issues. I, I saw it and then I got on on the show and I didn't have a chance to respond. But um Yeah, that, yeah, I'm pulling up their salary cap info right now. But yeah, they, there you they, have they, it. yeah, they are in salary cap trouble. That's what I thought it would be. You know, and, and as you said, I mean they they went all in. <laughs> they went all in to go after that Super Bowl. Fortunately, they were able to pull it off. And now they're stuck with all the monetary issues that comes with that. So yeah, despite yeah, they have like ten million left in cap. They're right up against the cap. So there, there you go. That that is the answer. Yeah, and they had to eat a lot of his salary cap too to get you know to be able to trade him. Salary cap hell. They're getting close. Yeah. yeah. Um, guys, I do. We're going to talk a lot, a lot of football, especially over the next week. But I, I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I can't push off the buckos i i could push them back a little bit i could move them around but you know what at this time this point in the game they are the hot show in town they're the hot hand so we are going to go uh we're going to talk baseball here momentarily and then we're going to get back into the things that are really true dear to our heart football uh pittsburgh pirates they win again not only win again they won again 14 to 3 again <laughs> they scored uh 33 runs this weekend or this past, you know, these past few days against the Rockies. Uh, they scored 33-plus in a three-game road series for the first time since September of 1975. Ooh. 1975. Um, they out-hit Colorado yesterday 18-5. to Jeez. And here's my thing. <laughs> Colorado, That I mean, that's where they play. <laughs> you know, we're going up there and we're having a time and – taking advantage of the thin air and knocking the ball out of the park. They got, you know, Chris Bryant. They got a, a black man. They got, you know, they still have a nice team. <laughs> a black man or black mon? Black man. He, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, just, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I his, misheard. I was like, and his email address is Mike Mahler at the two dumb users, everybody. <laughs> I was um, like, what the heck? So, I mean, they have decent players over there. And I just, you know, so. Yeah. I, I, 
we could go on and on and on about, you know, the, the quality of the team. But the fact of the matter is the Pittsburgh Pirates are 12 and 7. They're coming home for a four game series today against two against the Cincinnati Reds, who did beat us two games to one in the very first season of the series of the season. Uh, you got to get two out of the, the four or three out of the four. I, I think we're going to get two out of this. It's, it's the second time around. We're a little bit more confident with ourselves than we were in that very first series. Um, they, they won another series again yesterday, of course. So at this point, they have two series wins, two series losses, and one tied mm-hmm. series, a four-game series against St. Louis. So, I mean, not terrible, not great, but they're, they're, they're holding their own. Today, the series is a four-game series. It starts today at 635, mm-hmm. goes the whole way through the weekend. Contreras is on the hill. Uh, I, I'm liking it since since we played them last. Cincinnati has sunk to the bottom of the the uh, division, um, and, and these guys are they're hitting on all cylinders. I got Delay and um, Connor Joe. They had three hits yesterday. Hayes, Kutch, Santana, Castro, Matthias all had two hits yesterday, and Ovedo another another quality start. I, I think this like is eight it. in a row from our starting pitchings. It's total yeah. six innings pitch, three hits, one on run, three walks, and six strikeouts. Again, Contreras at the five spot in the rotation has been pitching out of his mind. So he pitches today. Then tomorrow we're back to the top of the rotation with Mitch Keller. The following day will be Hill and so on, so on. So we're, you know, we're going to be hitting the top of the rotation. So I, I like where things are going, guys. Um, another thing that we do have going in our favor is this. Because we haven't been, guys, we, we, I, I can't even think of the last game we lost, to be honest. And we're sitting at 12 and seven. We have not been able to gain a game on no. Milwaukee. They're still two games ahead of us. They, they won't lose, but they and the Cubs, who were able to come up and tie us, they are both off today. So if we win this game, we boot, we boot, bump up on the Cubs and then we catch up a half game on the, uh, the Brewers. So those are some things going in our favor, you know, at least for the day. Yeah, it's always the Brewers, man. It, it, it just feels like in the past decade, the Brewers have been like our, you know, I say it all the time. It's just always the Brewers, it feels like to me. This one, I think we're going to beat the Brewers. It's the Brewers. I can, I'm, I'm okay with like, you know, when we were going up against the Cubbies and the Cardinals, because you expect them. But the Brew crew, come on. Yeah. They, they annoy me. I don't like them anymore. And I don't pay attention to the Brewers, and I've hardly paid attention much to what's been going on in the league in baseball for the past 10 years. And if I see that damn Ryan Braun run out on the field, when we go to play the Brewers, I don't know what's happened to him. I don't know where he, I I hope that he's retired by now, but he was such a killer. I mean, that guy, come on, you couldn't get this guy out. No, but I I swear if he comes, if he comes jogging out on the field, when when we play Milwaukee, I'm just going to shit. I'll I'll shit. Ryan Braun, whatever whatever came of him. That would smell. Um, Check this out also. Yesterday, uh, McCutcheon, who is red hot, he passed Arky Vaughn for ninth on the Pirates' all-time total base list. I see. Andrew McCutcheon has 2,486 total bases. <laughs> Could you imagine if he would have stayed here the past seven seasons where he would be on that? Oh, yeah, he would be, what, he'd be close to, he'd probably be number one. <laughs> you, you would think he would have to be somewhere. I don't have all those numbers in front of me, but as I said, being at this point, Walking away, coming back seven years later and, and, and being at 2,486, I, I, I would think that he would be pretty far on that list. Um, but you know, there you go. Let's 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 still keep let's still keep putting out the damage, Kutch, because he, you know, he's 
doing he, he, he i think he's certainly exceeding expectations of what people thought we were going to get back when we we brought mccutcheon oh, yeah. back of course um you know today today is going to be the 20th game of the season there's still 142 games after today's game so that leaves a lot to, to be answered still who knows if mccutcheon you know i i would think at some point baseball season is a long roller coaster you will see McCutcheon uh, drop down a little bit, but for what he's doing so far and the leadership and uh, the experience and just the, the vibe that he's bringing to this team, it's going so far. And, uh, you know, th th these guys are really rallying around him. And you know what it was? I think that first game, we went out to Cincinnati, we lost that series. We, when we went, we swept Boston. <laughs> and we came home to Chicago. When that, these young players who were probably 10 years old, 12 years old, when that, 2013 team mm -hmm. did its run they looked and they seen the respect that this guy got when mccutcheon came out there and that the, the, the crowd gave him that ovation they gave him the ovation at his at bat his mom sang i think that that's when them, them guys really really understood the importance of mccutcheon and what he means to this city and they they really since that point they started to rally around him and, and they they showed it in the white Sox series they showed it in the astros series they showed it Keep an eye on that. Even if McCutcheon isn't playing great baseball, there's there's a few on this team that they're they want to win because of Andrew McCutcheon. That could be. Uh, hopefully, I just want to see him keep winning. It'd be nice to actually have a relevant baseball team. Absolutely, man. It's a lot of fun too. You know, yeah, it's fun. It's fun enjoying a good baseball season. Yeah, because you know, my God, like it had they haven't been good that but out of three years out of the past what twenty seven out of the last thirty. Easy, man, yeah, easily. Derpy, Derpy. Derpy was just a twink one in his parents' eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other baseball note that I do have here. Seattle, they just got swept, or they, they just got beat by, by Milwaukee. I think that Milwaukee swept them. But they have a thing they stole from us. And I don't know what this is. Every time we do something cool, everybody's got a, everybody's got a jacket. If the Jack, it, well, they have a, 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 they have a home run trident. One of these, like, like a pitchfork, uh -huh. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And every time that somebody hits a home run, they come in and they grab it and they dance around in the dugout. And I thought, oh, geez, I could have swore I seen that somewhere this season, but Hey, whatever. I'm sure they, I'm sure they invented it and came up with the idea, but. Oh, naturally. Yes. I, I just thought to myself, how do you travel with a, a five and a half foot devil's pitchfork basically <laughs> i i would have thought uh you know sticking the, the the plastic sword that's this big in something would have been cutting it close yeah oh yeah hey, you know, at least you know they're, they're not flying commercial they got, yeah, that, they, right. they got that going for them they're they lucky got that there. going for them yeah what are you gonna do with this oh we're gonna you dance around with it oh okay you know that's, that's kind of that is robbery but yeah, they're the brewers man. aren't they uh, Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners. No, I'm in Milwaukee. Oh no, the Mariners are the ones that do it. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Milwaukee that does it. No, they just got swept in Milwaukee, and uh, uh. and they even pulled it out during that. So yeah, I, I, it isn't like they have like these great things going on and these great ideas. It was just pure blatant pirating of our idea. Ooh, Ali, you worked in jacket and pirating. You it like that? Same huh? segment. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. Uh. <laughs> You might have a, have a future in this business. Right. Um, Mariners but, are the most overrated team in the MLB. 
Who is? Whoa. Whoa. Derpy with the, the Mariners. Seat. Overrated? Are they? I, I don't know. Tell, please tell me. I, I don't know much about the yeah. Mariners. I don't know much about They baseball. got one guy that won rookie of the year, and now they're relevant. That's all it takes. The Pirates have, you know, some bunch of old guys, and they're, you know, relevant. Relevant because they're winning, though. This What's going on with Seattle? I don't understand. Again, yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing I don't pay Seattle. much attention to Seattle. I never have. It, more than likely, I never will. But uh, back in the day, I mean, geez, you had Randy Johnson. You had Alex. Uh, you had A-Rod. Somebody else. One of the, uh, Ken Griffey Jr., of course. I mean, there was, yeah. there was times in history that they were relevant, but besides for that. Not right now. Yeah, that's actually the last time they won- They were in the playoffs. Hey, man, they, they had Ichiro. The greatest hitter Ichiro, of all time. yeah. The greatest hitter of all time. That guy, I, I seen him play when you're the Seattle came to the town. Was, and I, Ichiro was tough, him. man. He he's a beast. He was hard to get out. Hard to get out. He can. Oh, he was a damn good fielder too. And one other thing, if you are going downtown today to the North Shore to watch the Pirates, PNC Park Ushers Union, uh, they avoid strike after reaching a tentative agreement with the Pirates. Of course, you've been reading that there was strike issues. You know, they were going to strike and they were going to be picketing and this and that. So you're not going to have any issues. They've come up with an agreement. So you're going to be able to go down and enjoy your experience at the park today. I'm sure you're just going to – part of that whole park enjoyment that we've been hearing about for 20 years. Yeah, hey, Down there and hey. enjoy PNC. Screw the Pirates. Screw the winning. Well, they, you know, that's how you know things were bad when all anyone – Everyone wants to talk about is the beautiful ballpark. Yeah, you get you can have the worst ball, best ballpark in the league. If you don't have a good team, I'm not going to go. Oh, and then well, they still have a good team, but I'm still not going to go because f Bob nothing. Um, other PNC Park news: the Pitt Panthers hosted West Virginia in the backyard brawl game yesterday, and they drop the game. West Virginia comes back and wins this baseball game nine to four. Pitt had the lead early. Um, Mountaineers mounted a comeback. Pitt couldn't climb back into it. They choked it away. They have Penn State at some point. I don't have a schedule in front of me, but I do know that Penn State also visits PNC Park this year. So that's another big game if you uh, want to check out some college baseball. Well, did, did, did they always play at, uh, at PNC Park, or is this just something new for like uh, – for... The backyard brawl and Pitt Penn State games. Yeah, I think that uh, for the special games. Oh, okay, because I like I, I honestly didn't know, and that's like the you know my God, the first time I've ever seen anyone talk about mm. baseball in West Virginia. So I didn't know like if it's always been a thing, and now they're just talking. <laughs> people are talking about it more. It's such a double-edged wonder. sword with this baseball at the PNC Park, Mike, because you know it's awesome. You're playing at a pro ballpark. Mm-hmm. You have the pro locker rooms, everything, you know, everything is at the highest, and especially PNC Park. We know because we've been told 10 million times that it's the nicest ballpark in the country, blah, 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 blah. But the, the downside is this. It looks like there's about 10 people in the stands. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> and, 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 and West Virginia travels well, albeit it's baseball. There, It's pit. It's backyard. They're going to they're gonna make the trek up. Yeah, and 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 Pitt's gonna have people there, and and like I said, I'm I'm watching the highlights of this game, and I'm thinking to myself, geez, there's nobody there, and that that's of course I think is the downfall. Yeah, 
for playing at a place like PNC Park, which again, it would be awesome because there you are, you're on the diamond where, you know, the, the best players in the world come in and play. And you, I mean, you, you have all the best baseball players ever that's been on this field and plays on this field and whatnot. And, and you know, that that's enjoyable. That's something to yeah. talk about. It's something in, uh, but, but it looks like there's nobody there watching. So. Yeah. But it's like college baseball outside of like, you know, programs that are built for baseball. Not many people go to watch college baseball. Yeah. You know, it, it is what it they is. know that the yeah. baseball players know that it shouldn't upset them. It better not. They better understand where they stand. I don't know why I'm talking trash on college baseball players. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling punched. who's going to defend them. Like I, like I'm feeling college baseball really to punch at. So I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm feeling froggy. What do you say? You're going to what, 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 repeat what you just? I didn't even hear. I'm but feeling it. punchy today. Like punchy. Like let's you know. Some hot takes, but there's like no hot takes to be made today. All it's such right, a all right. sports day. It sucks. And I'm taking it out on the poor college baseball players. Don't pull yourself together. <laughs> Derby, don't make me come up there. Um, slowly making a transition to football here, guys. Uh, I'm gonna go here first just because I hate to ruin a good thing when we start talking NFL. XFL week 10. A lot on the line this week. If you are into spring football, teams will be making the playoffs. Teams will be missing the playoffs. Yes. Teams will be seated in the playoffs. And Heinz Ward's San Antonio Brahmas, yes, believe it or not, San Antonio Brahmas <laughs> have a chance to make the playoffs if they could somehow pull off the upset and beat the D.C. defenders who are 8-1 and one in this last week of the season. If the Brahmas beat the defenders they're in, the defenders and the Houston Roughnecks are already in. And there, there's there's plenty of implications. There, there really are. And uh, if you look into it and if you're interested, it's actually a lot of fun and very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, A.J. McCarron <laughs> marked as an underachiever, an underachiever in the XFL. Ben DiNucci, one of the biggest surprises mm-hmm. in, the NFL, in the XFL who has – uh, he leads the XFL after nine games with 2,332 passing yards. DC's running back, Abram Smith, leads the XFL with 747 rushing yards after nine. And Jamcor Pearson, he leads the XFL with 628 receiving yards after nine games. So those, those are your offensive leaders thus far i'm digging spring football and you know I what i'm taking it all in because i can t- I, I hope to continue to do this i hope yes. next spring i could get into it again and and you know really enjoy it and take it for what it is and it's spring football like how, how can you not like it it's bridging the gap between you know from the end of the super bowl to the draft well, yeah it's perfect it's like the way the xfl season is doing it and it's like that dead time when there's nothing going on you and know, it isn't like free agency, but you it, like there's a lot of deserts in there of like real good news. You know, like yeah, day one and two, and like the first three days of NFL free agency, definitely day one and two, hot and heavy. Then there's nothing. Then you get to the combine. It's like, all right, there's some juicy stories, then nothing. And now you're heating up the week before the draft. And what's been going on this entire time if you're starved for football? The XFL. And you know what? People always go on and on. And a lot of people didn't say that this year. So I, I give me, I'll give them this. 
but a lot of people go on and you know well i mean there's such a drop in talent wah, 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 wah. you know what the, it is what it is and, and it wasn't disappointing and it wasn't like i was ever sitting there at any point in, in, in this nine weeks saying to myself oh god i wish this was the nfl of course you know i do wish the nfl was on but i never <laughs> sit there and complain and cried yeah. said you know what this stinks these guys are terrible they I, that's not the case you enjoy it you you know what it is it's the 54th player on every team basically in this league and and these guys are you know they're, they're not they're not jerry rice they're not no. patrick mahomes but you know what they're, they're they're good they're good football players enjoy sure. it yeah and there's there's talent out there and it, they're fun to watch. They're good games. They are. They're really you good know? games. And, and then with my, the twists and turns and the rules, that makes it a little funner, I think. Yeah, I, I like it because, my God, the, the last couple minutes of those games were like, oh, we're down three scores. There's no way we can, can come back. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got a touchdown. Let's go for three. Oh, we get that. Hey, guess what? We're going to do the fourth and 15. Yeah. We convert that go down score. Hey, we're going to go for two score hey we're going fourth and 15 again make it go down and you know imagine your your defense your offense can be out there rolling 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 your the opposing defense can be out there gas completely you're trying to figure something out how to stop this offense that finally has momentum it's it's making the end of these games tight and we saw it man couple games last week went into overtime we had back back weeks where the best team in the league was forced to go to overtime and you know it I like it because the NFL, you know, you get up by three scores in the fourth quarter, you know, the game's over unless, unless you completely fall off, it's over because, you know, onside kicks. I can't remember the last time I saw live an onside kick recovered. Yeah. I've seen the replays when live game I'm watching. No, but fourth and 15s, I've seen them converted at least weekly in the XFL. Yeah, no, it's, it's a different beast. And I like that. I like that. And then I like what the USFL brings to the table because they, they have minor adjustments as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they kind of tie some things together between the NFL and the XFL and, and the, um, the USFL. Now they're in their second week of the season, this Sunday, one o'clock PM, the Pittsburgh Maulers, they host the New Jersey generals. Of course, that is where Dravon Eskew Henry from Aliquippa plays. As a starting safety, you'll see him number seven back there, making big hits as he was last week. They also are 0-1. And when I say home, I mean at Canton. So if you were going to uh, attend this Pittsburgh Maulers game this week, you have to plan on going up to Canton. Maybe make the day of it, as Mike suggested before. Make it the day, go up and visit the Hall of Fame. Um, because there's a lot of a lot of things that Pittsburgh, a lot of things that Yenzers will enjoy inside of that building as well. So Ooh, yeah. get up there and, and check them out. Maulers hosting the New Jersey Generals Sunday at one o'clock. Let's hope they let's, let's hope the Maulers get back in, in the winning column and not be the worst team in the USFL for for once. <laughs> for they were once. the worst back in the early eighties. They I were know. the worst last year. So let's see if this team can you know catapult themselves out of that. It, it would be nice. It would be nice. Um, God, talk about like a history of losing. Yeah, <laughs> you've only had like two years in existence. You've lost. Back for year three, didn't look good. Hopefully, they can turn it around. Um, Ruben Foster, the linebacker, of course, out of Alabama, who's one of the top-touted running backs while at Alabama. <laughs> he gets into the NFL, gets into a little trouble, has a couple uh, injuries. Now he's playing in the USFL for the Pittsburgh Maulers. He's still fun to watch, um, with, even with all that stuff in his past. He's still a great linebacker. A lot of people actually wanted us to draft him out of Alabama back when yeah. he was coming out. 
Also, we had a punt return for a touchdown last week. That exciting. exciting. And, you know, Foster, excuse me, Ruben Foster's strip at the one-yard line, which bounced in the end zone and led to the uh, the Mahler's touchdown. With that being said, those very exciting things, the Pittsburgh Mahler's have not scored an offensive touchdown. So... <laughs> I, like the quarterback play, I'm sorry, in the line play, in the play calling, and the play design. Wow, it might be it might be a while before we see a. Before it, we see it would be like the equivalent of like when we played Mighty Mites. That's that's what it was it like. It was so offense. bad. It was like what four deep shots in a row. Yeah, it was just like it made no <laughs> sense whatsoever. And he's a former Steeler coach. I, I just don't understand why they're so bad. I. I like I yeah. said, the game plan seems very sophomoric, and it seems like something yeah. that we would have done in the midgets. There's just no rhyme or reason to what they're doing on offense on this Pittsburgh team. It's kind of frustrating, but still, it's football. Still, they're wearing black and gold. I'm gonna, be, I'll be watching. Believe me. Oh, it, it, like, I hope they, I hope they turn it around. <laughs> and the other Pittsburgh team playing this weekend, Mike and Derpy, is the passion, the Pittsburgh passion. The girls are back at it, ladies. I'm sorry. They're back at it it's on Saturday at 6 p.m. They play at D.C. against the D.C. Divas. So you got all these all these spring games going. You got the draft next week. Uh, you know when this USFL season is over, it's going to be time for for camp and oh. it's here, guys. It really is. It's here, and we're sitting one week out. One week out, not ten days, but only seven days. Seven, seven days. days from the nfl draft i couldn't be more excited i i can't either i am pumped i i have been doing mock drafts like crazy it's because i am that guy and i i, I tell you what man i think i'm giving omar khan a run for his money i think i could be the next g i could be the assistant to the assistant i could be andy Weaver's <laughs> assistant okay i'm yeah. like dwight Schrute. i'm the assistant too but no yeah draft it all oh, next week hmm and like the rumors are already started. You're starting to see disinformation come out about players. I'm loving it. Let me get back to that in one yeah. second. I yeah. do have yeah. an, a fun one that I know that you're, you're just itching to tell Derby. Um, before we do that, let me just break this real quick. Antonio Brown. Remember I told you yesterday there was a, the incident where he said that he was the sole owner of the Alab the Albany indoor football team yeah up in albany yeah and it said that his co-owners disagreed today <laughs> well the latest that i got was antonio brown got asked to leave the field at the <laughs> albany empire game because the security didn't believe that he was an owner what in the world what? is going on yeah, security. Yeah, hey, I tell you what though, I give security credit. They did their job. They because he didn't have any like, because I, I saw the video. I don't think he had any like landed on with the placard, letting him. You know, I hey, I have field access. He's just some guy walking around along the walls, high fiving people. And that shows people. you how you know how how significant the Albany Empire yeah, and the, is. Uh, yeah, they don't recognize like, Antonio go, Brown bro. walking into the room. You know, I loved it. I loved it, but like. I, I do kind of give security credit. One, they did the job, but two, like most football players, if I see them without their gear, I don't know who you are. Do they all look the same to you, Mike? Or? No, because you they all okay, have helmets okay. on. You can't tell. Again, at Mike Mahler <laughs> at two dumb users.com. Um, I hate you. I mean, bro. security did their job. They kept uh, someone with mental health issues. <laughs> oh wow hey. away wow. from the from from the stadium so i mean derby's is their job derby's guys are like both guys are both on today all right 
No, but how, how crazy is that? They come, like I said, again, you're the Albany Empire. I literally have to look at the name every time. Uh, yeah, I like can't even recall who this team is. You walk out as an owner, not only being an owner, you're Antonio Brown. Yeah. And the security's like, um, hmm, yeah, no, not on the list here. No, 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 buddy. Uh, you have to get behind the lines or we're going to have to call the cops. Yeah. And be like, oh, man, I got them on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> they, they know me. I know them. So there you have it. Oh, Jesus. Shout out to the security guards. <laughs> I do oh. want to talk about this guy for a minute. And, and as I said, I know that Mike's chomping at the bit with this story and no, I know the draft and everything. But this, no, 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 you're, you're um, Alan Robinson, a couple of numbers we've come across here at the show. Alan Robinson, his drop percentage since yep. 2000 is in the top five, which means mm -hmm. it's the best, top five best. Tyler Boyd being the best. Now, since 2020, I'm sorry, since 2010, 20, 2020, I'll get it out there. You'll get it. You'll get Tyler it. Tyler Boyd, 1.7 is the best. 1.7 drop percentage. 1.7 Tyler Boyd. Number two, St. Brown from Detroit at 1.9. Renfro, two. Devontae Adams, 2.2. And Allen Robinson, 2.2. Not bad. So all the times that they tell us how great Deontay Johnson is and how he never drops any balls, I, I, I'm beginning to think that they're just making this shit up to create some kind of uh, confusion so we eventually believe it. But this is the truth. I'd rather trade Deontay. This is the real deal. <laughs> not going to happen. Not this gonna is happen. I know it's not going to happen because they're fans that are biased to him. This is the real deal. This gentleman is in that list of the top players with the lowest drop percentage in the NFL. That's encouraging. Also, the other um, the other fact, most touchdowns inside the op opponent's 10-yard line by a receiver from between the years 2015 and 2022. If you don't want to catch this, if you didn't catch this, listen one more time. Most touchdowns inside the opponent's 10-yard lines by a receiver between 2015 and 2022, Deontay Adams, Deontay Adams has 41. Mike Evans has 35. Uh, Adam Theron has 29. DeAndre Hopkins has 26. And Allen Robinson has 25. Not bad. Not, so not bad the, the things that need to be done. Yeah. The things that need to be done. He is perfect. You're not going to get... Uh, 20 year old first round draft I, I you know this kid he's not a kid you're not going to get the biggest plays but he's reliable he's dependable and things that down the line the past two seasons it, you know as much as we want to forget how bad two seasons ago was when our receivers forgot how to catch footballs for the past the last five games of the season these are the little moves you make to fix those kind of things this guy is as dependable as it gets our red zone offense was 23 last year and 23 the year before. You bring a guy in who is one of the best red zone receivers, such as Robinson. He fixes so many problems, mm -hmm. and he was such a small move. It wasn't many things we had to do to make it happen. As a matter of fact, as everybody knows from reading social media for the past two days, you know, uh, we, we pretty much fleeced. We did the Rams by, you know, by getting him. So 
there you have it. He's going to be dependable. He's going to be able to find ways to get in the end zone when you're in the, in the red zone. These are big things for the Pittsburgh Steelers. These might not be the, the, the biggest news in the NFL, but for the things that we need to do to move forward, he, he takes two of those and, you know, he's going to be able to, you know, considering he doesn't come out as a totally different player. Yeah. He's going to be able to, to fix a couple of these problems. And they're, and they're big problems that, that we couldn't score inside the 20, inside the 10. And we were dropping passes when, when we needed to catch passes. So there you have it, guys. This guy is the real deal in that sense. I, I think he's going to be a big part of this offense. Do I think he's going to get a thousand yards? No. Do I think he's going to have amazing plays? No. But he is going to be reliable. And if you go back and you watch his, his highlights, that's what he is. He's reliable. He catches important balls at important times makes it important and can, plays and gets important first downs. And you know what? And you need that, especially with a rookie on the other side of the ball with George Pickens. And, you know, you don't know what, what Deontay Johnson you're, you're going to get. So having a guy like this, I, I think is big. So I'm happy. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm happy. So far. Is there anybody that's not happy with this Allen, this Allen Robinson trade? Well, like I want to touch on a couple of things there that you said, you know, his drop rate, 2%. As you, as you said, that's top tier. So now, okay, that's going to take pressure off Deontay. My- so so now we know, okay, we have a guy here on third down. We need to make a key catch. We can go to Allen Robinson. If we want that deep shot, let it, let's go to – we're going to go to George. Mm-hmm. Johnson, okay, yeah, he's not – his drop rate's more than 2%. But, okay, once you get the ball in his hands, he's a playmaker. Okay, so let's – Get him the ball, you know, on short, quick routes. Hopefully he can make those catches. And that's going to f- take pressure. I'm hoping Robinson takes the pressure off of Deontay so he doesn't have to be the guy. I think if we can do that, he might actually thrive. Okay, the, it, he, I, I wonder if Deontay is putting too much pressure on himself to be the guy. Since Ben was gone, he's like, okay, I need to make plays now. I, I we, You know, last year he, we saw him do that running backwards thing a lot more than he did the year before. I just wonder if he put too much pressure on himself. Now he has a veteran here that can ease pressure off of him and he, his game can go the way it was with Ben put up those good numbers. Those thousand yard receiving six touchdowns a year type numbers. Now, let me ask you this, Mike, only because you brought it up. Do you think that he is going is this something that you feel is going to be addressed amongst the team, amongst the receivers, amongst the coaches where they say, dude, you got to run up field, man, because, you know, and, and you could say that, you know, 60,000 Steeler fans don't know what they're talking about, but at the end of the day, when you get to, you get a ball, you have to go upfield. And and let's say you bump back and you go backwards once or twice. That's just, you know, the way that the play turns out, it became obvious that this was an issue through the season, throughout the season, the whole way through the season, when he would catch the ball and run backwards and lose yards, it seems like almost every time that that happened. I, I don't have the numbers, but you know what I'm saying. I do you think that this is addressed to the point where we come out this year and we don't see it anymore? You know, maybe once or twice. Or do you think that this is going to be something where these guys are pros? He's got to figure out how to fix it, and if he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Do you think that this is going to be addressed, Mike, or is this going to be something that we're going to be slapping our foreheads with every time that he catches the ball again? I, I think it's going to be um, like a like a situation with Malkin. You know how Malkin always takes those penalties in the offensive zone? Yeah. Deontay always runs backwards. As much as you want to coach it out of him, tell them not to do it, have the come-to-Jesus meetings with them, certain players get certain things stuck in their head, and they can't stop doing it. 
whether it's, you know, just trying to do too much. Both of those players, like Deontay wanting to run backwards, gain yards, trying to do too much. Malkin being aggressive in the offensive zone, getting the penalties. It's like, I'm just using Malkin as an example. He's the first one that came to mind. It's like, coach, you, you tell a player, hey, don't do this. But that's just, it's just hardwired into them. They can't help it. As much as you want to scream, yell at them, threaten them, tell them they're going to lose their job, they're not going to, they're just going to keep doing it. Cert, you know, the people you know, have that in them. Like, I do this. This is what I'm going to do. I can't stop it. It's like second nature for the someone that, that, that I don't understand. If you would have done this in high school, it would have worked. Yeah. Because he's the fastest you guy in the college, field. It works. Yeah. You get into college, it works. You get in the pros, everybody's just as fast as you are. A defensive lineman is going to run you down. You know what I mean? You can't, oh. you can't. And he didn't do it early. It just came on heavy last year. So whatever that yeah. whatever happened, they have to somehow somebody's got to get in his head and say you can't do this because it's it's killing the team, you know? Yeah, I you hope it works, but I I just think it might be one of those things now that's ingrained into his head. But I'm <sighs> thinking, I'm hoping now. Hey, I have a veteran receiver next to me. I don't have to be the guy to try and make all the plays now. What you know, Kenny think, will be in his second year now. On Robinson. I'll go ahead, Mike. Finish up. No, no, no. I was thinking just Deontay may have been like one of the, thinking. Hey, Ben's gone. I need to step up some way and produce more and i'm going to try and do it by making people miss and gain more yards and it hindered him so hopefully that's all it was like now he's seeing the team being built around him another veteran roger see saw what pickens was doing can hope you know trust in kenny's development and he'll stop doing that that's that's just my hope i hope you're right uh derpy Go ahead, the deontay johnson i wanted to say something on robinson but yeah, go ahead. Will he fix – will Deontay Johnson fix this issue where he runs south opposed to running north? Um, that, that, that's like I said, it, it came on so strongly this season. Do you think this is something that they could fix? Or Yes, but if, if he doesn't and it's the same mentality, yeah, um, they may want to consider trading him. No, you're, you're right. If it becomes a problem, I mean, ultimately, it is going to be something they're going to have to handle. Because he's so inconsistent, Mike. He does it every single time. The man didn't even score a touchdown last year. Yeah, because his quarterback play sucked all year no, long. No, the quarterback, That's they, they threw touchdowns everybody else. He was the only one that didn't catch one. So it has actually oh nothing God. to do, very little to do with the quarterback because everybody else. We, we saw what he did with the Hall of Fame quarterback, and we saw what happened to everyone else's production. When that yeah, Hall he Hall forgot how to catch the left. ball against the Hall of Fame quarterback, too. I you don't know, know if you forgot how to get open in the red zone. You know, the line forgot how to run block. I'm just saying if, if, he, does, if, if he comes out the same mentality, than he has been, they may want to consider it. Uh, of course. That, that's, they're not going to consider They're not going to trade Deontay Johnson. Not this year they won't, but he's They won't saying, trade him in the offseason. They won't trade him next year. I, I think they will. If he comes I just don't forth and has this kind of season. I'll put $100 on it right now. Money. I'll pay. I'll do $100 easy. If I'll do $100 he, if, right now that Deontay Johnson easy. Absolutely. will not I be meant, traded. If he, if he comes out and has the same kind of season this year, he will be gone next year. I promise. My thing is, he ever since he got that money, which he doesn't deserve, at this point, he has been a different player. Um, we are okay. We got to put a hundred dollars on it, Derpy. You want to put a hundred on it? All right, this isn't okay, Derpy. You wanted to say something about Allen Robinson? Yes, please. I like this train. This technically, in a way, this may be a Super Bowl run trade. In a way, I, I just want to remind you of the four quarterbacks that he played for Bortles which was Jacksonville. Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, which 
those two offenses right there, he was the best player in the offense. He put up him and him and Mitch put up some monster numbers together. Yeah, nobody's disputing. And then Stafford, he was uh, yeah. decent in Stafford, but they had so many weapons that year. And then no, the following right. year, why he dropped because, you know, Baker Mayfield was there. Baker Mayfield, that for, he came on in like what the last five six games. Yes, but who else was there besides because Stafford? Yeah, got and, and yeah, and and Robinson didn't play a whole lot last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that wasn't Baker Mayfield's fault. Much as I and love talking about NFC West teams, we do have the draft. We got the Steelers. Mike, you did want to say something. What is this uh, the story about? You, you say that things are created. Rumors are create being created yes. around the NFL at draft time, maybe to sink a player, maybe to yes. uh, move a player up or down the board. Give me give me a little example, Mike, of what you were talking really? about. Right now, right now, it's it, it ha- started happening yesterday. Out of the blue, Brady Quinn goes, I heard from someone, doesn't say who, that, you know, C.J. Stroud committed to the Manning camp, and he, the next day, just ghosted them. And th- so then he ran with it, and everyone's running with it. Oh, C.J. Stroud, he, he, he's unreliable. He can't be trusted. He's immature. Then you have um, Bryce Young going, yeah, me and him worked a camp together. He was a great guy, great with the kids, great leader. Um, you, then you have Ryan Clark going, Hey, I reached out to CJ Stroud. He says, no, I did not commit to the Manning camp. I was at Ohio State working out with my teammates. So this leads to the question, does someone have something against CJ Stroud, doesn't want to see him drafted high, or, or is this a team leaking stuff to members of the media knowing that they won't Ooh, like that leaking it to former players, Mike. leaking it to former players who really don't have a journalistic background to verify sources to put this out there, to watch this guy fall. So other teams go, you know what? I don't want, I don't trust this guy. I'm going to take someone else. And then next thing you know, you're sitting there at four and looking at you, Indy Colts, your owner saying, Hey, we'll go anywhere and posting pictures of CJ Stroud, hoping CJ Stroud can fall to you at four. I, I, I just, it's just a little conspiracy. My but thing you is- know, you, we, we saw this, you know, Laramie Tunsil's uh, uncle released that video the night before the draft of him, you know, doing bong ribs with a gas mask on. He was going to be like a top five pick, falls all the way to 17. But next thing you know, Laramie Tunsil has reset the, the tackle market twice. With no, he's a pro <laughs> Yeah. So it, it, it's not unreasonable that, you know, all the disinformation that comes out there by teams talking players up, talking players down. I'm surprised hide their intentions. That so, it took this long for this kind of theory to even come out. I, I it, it, you, it's usually like happen. this week. It's like this week, right? As Here's the draft the thing, like, things up. happen all the time behind closed doors. People, you know, yeah. you, you have to get the edge, especially in pro sports. You have to get the edge somehow. And, you know, if you can't, uh, you can't straight up beat somebody, you, you look for other ways, you yeah. look for strategies. And as I was saying, I, I'm surprised you don't hear about this more. And maybe it's, you know, people are just trying to keep the integrity of the league, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I think things like this happen all the time. I, I oh, really yeah. do. Like you start seeing from, oh, anonymous scouts, anonymous GMs yeah. are saying such and such about a player. Then, then he, they start getting talked down, talked down, falling down draft boards. And then a team gets them like, and they're all like, man, we're surprised he was available. So you're like, huh. Were you the one feeding this narrative out there? Mike, who's it, going number one? Uh, ooh, uh, Bryce Young. Darby, I, who's going number one? Bryce Young. Ownership in Carolina wants Bryce Young. Uh, the coach wants C.J. Stroud. Because so, ESPN's biased to the SEC teams. 
that that, that what it is? the NFL evaluators give two shits what ESPN or NFL networks say about a player. And if any of those dudes in that scouting room care what Mel Kiper Jr. says or Todd McShay says, those evaluators are going to be gone within two years. The you know. ownership is in the scouting department likes Bryce Young. Coach likes CJ Stroud. It's going to, and the owner's the one who writes the check, and he's going to be the one that says, hey, this is the guy we want. And it's not because of ESPN pushing an error. Who's going to be, Mike, the first drafted non-quarterback? It's going to be – oh, it's a toss-up for me right now. It's uh, Tyree Wilson uh, out of Texas Tech or Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. Derpy, who's the first non-quarterback taken in this year's draft? Will Anderson. Okay. See, look, Derpy, not, not, see, now you're back in my good graces. I do know this. <laughs> well, as Mike just, stated just, the other just day. For that. Oh, he, he muted himself. I was going to mute him again. <laughs> well, yeah. Unmute yourself so he can There we go. There we go. Now he's he can mute again. you, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as Mike said the other day, this, the, the, the uh, Jordan Addison folks here in town, you can pretty much kiss that goodbye. And I think, like, as Mike was saying, I think this is a good thing. If you're going to go after a receiver – you got to get what you got to get now. You don't need that receiver right now. It's going to be nice. You're going to ultimately need your depth at receiver. You bring in somebody like uh, uh, Robinson at the, at the deal that we got him at. This is perfect case scenario. Not only are you have a reliable set of hands, you have a veteran, you have somebody who's been around, you have a, had a guy on a Super Bowl. This right here is probably the best thing that we could have did considering that we do have to take high draft picks to get a left tackle to protect our quarterback and to get a cornerback, uh, you know, who's, got to get get on get the ball rolling for being the quarterback of the team in this future of the future of this team because Patrick Peterson of course at 32 33 years old he's only going to be around for these next two seasons mm-hmm. on his contract so the guy that we going to get we're going to get is going to be very active in the secondary so these are obviously the, the the pink elephants in the room that we have to address you can't worry about receivers at this point if you want to try to get your receiver later around and see if he pans out that's fine this was the right move um, unfortunate for for the Pitt fans and, and people around that, that love Jordan Addison, he's going to be playing elsewhere. And, and you know what? Very well, he could be playing in, in uh, Baltimore, to be honest with you. I'm looking at these mock drafts and seeing be, Jordan Addison landing in Baltimore with um, Jordan Addison and Odell Beckham Jr. and everything they got going on. So, you know, you might not love Jordan Addison too much longer, depending on what happens. I, I do want to piggyback on something that Derpy said. He said yeah. this Allen Robinson trade feels like a Super Bowl move. Everything that they have done so far, it's like they are gearing up for a run. Yeah, this, you don't bring in, you don't bring in Patrick Peterson if you're not making a run for something. You don't bring you don't replace in, a quarter of your team if you're in building, free agency. Yeah. Mike uh, Derpy, fifty three guys are on a team. They got he he brings in twelve in free agency. Yeah, you you, you don't you're not being That's not even to the move draft up to yet. nine. You're moving moving up into the top ten to draft Jalen Carter if he falls or Paris Johnson Jr. if he falls. You're not getting one of those two studs to make a run because you you can either upgrade your line to be to make a, a gigantic leap by upgrading left tackle or a gigantic leap to upgrade that defense even more to go. Hey, you know what? We're going all in on defense like we did like early in the '70s, like the Bears did, like the Ravens did. We're going to kill you on defense. So it it. It has a build of like we're going all in this year and next year to make a run, and I am all for it. Um, I'm going to give you some fun numbers, and then we're going to start working on wrapping up the show. 
This these numbers, guys, I think you're going to enjoy. These these are the fun numbers of the day. These six teams, these six teams have the most interceptions, and in the number interceptions they have are right here. These six teams since 1966. 1966. You got to think. Super Bowl one was, I think, 66, 67 season. So this, ever since the Super Bowl era, this is your leaders of interceptions, top six teams, and the amount of interceptions they had. Number six, Minnesota Vikings. They've had one interception since 1966. The Washington, formerly known as the Redskins, they have 1,053 interceptions since then. The Green Bay Packers, sitting at number four, 1,061 interceptions since 1966. The number three team, the Rams, all NFC so far. I don't know if you noticed. The Rams sitting third in that in that uh, category with 1,080. The number two team, the Kansas City Chiefs, have 1,138 interceptions. And the top team since 1966, the top team that has the most interceptions in the Super Bowl era, are your Pittsburgh Steelers with 1,148 interceptions since 1966. Since the year of Super Bowl I till right now, guys, there's been no team in the NFL <laughs> that's intercepted more passes than your Pittsburgh Steelers. There you go, 1,148 times. Mike, go ahead and tell everybody about the website. Tudominters.com, that's where, you know, all the greats go. That's where Hind or uh... – Mel Blunt, Rod Woodson, Troy Polamalu, Carnell Lake, Shea Townsend, all those guys that picked off all those thousand passes. Go, they go. I could, Ike had hands. How many that, that, that number would be? I, I could be a first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> TwoDumbInjures.com. Head on over there. You can check out the uh, website, the merchandise store. Links to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter accounts, merchandise store. Everything you need, TwoDumbInjures is at TwoDumbInjures.com. Ike Taylor, catch a ball. Yeah. Could you imagine if he would have had hands where we would be? I mean, the number of interceptions we would have on that list. Jeez, we'd be over 20, over 1,200. Uh, guys, it is time for the two-minute warning, which means trivia of the day. Today's trivia guy is going to be a draft question. It's a question that's um, an overall draft, not the Steelers, not this season, just overall draft question. All right. Uh, you comfortable with that, Derpy? Yes, sir. Feel confident, Mike? General draft. All right. Here's the question of the day. Which of these quarterbacks went undrafted? So you got multiple choice. Which of these quarterbacks went undrafted? Mm. A, Rich Gannon. B, Tony Romo. C, Bart Starr. Or D, Roger Staubach. Again, which of these quarterbacks went undrafted? A, Rich Gannon, B, Tony Romo, C, Bart Starr, or D, Roger Staubach? Go ahead and take a minute to think about it. We'll get your answers. Mm. I, I Romo was drafted. 100% sure I know Romo. Romo was drafted 100% on that one. Staubach. Who are the other three? Staubach. Rich Gannon, Gannon. Bart Starr. Install ball. Wow. It's like you like to torture us. <laughs> oh, these are some, these are good ones. You, you can't do the obvious and go, um, 
Kurt Warner. So, um, damn. You can't be star. Packers, Cowboys, Rich. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck it. Um, um, Roger Staubach. Roger Staubach is Mike's answer. He yeah, says uh, Roger Staubach has not been drafted. Yeah, I was leading him and Rich Gannon. I'm going to go with Roger. All right, Derpy. Derpy, who gonna, do you say is the quarterback that was, un, that was undrafted? Was it A, Rich Gannon, B, Tony Romo, C, Bart Starr, or D, Roger Staubach? And Mike went with D. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Mike's answer too. So you Starbuck. guys are both going Starbucks. Let me get you locked in there. All right, here we go, guys. Which beginning? What? Which of these quarterbacks went undrafted? A. Rich Gannon. B. Tony Romo. C. Bart Starr. D. Roger Staubach. Of course, the answer. Well, the guy said it was Roger Staubach. So. That is incorrect. The correct answer is, despite being eligible for the 2003 NFL draft, Romo again was overlooked later that year, signed with the Dallas Cowboys as an undrafted free agent. I thought he was a fourth-round pick. Uh, Yes, sir. Oh, and I said he was drafted so confidently, too. Yes, I thought that he was, too. I was very unsure. That's why I was like, I have to use this question. This was a good question. That was like, that's like the Mandela effect, man. I was for sure he was drafted in the fourth round, like Dak Dak Prescott was drafted in the later rounds. So there you have it, everybody. Tony Romo was not drafted. Good job, though. Wow. Uh, Mike, you got anything before we take off, man? Um, uh, do do the research on the draft. It's getting here. Read more and more, and you will read. If you want to do a draft prediction, read what the beat writers are saying. They are in tune with the team. They know more than the national media when it comes to the draft. All right, little 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 tidbit. Derpy, you know. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the six-time Super Bowl champs, of course. We made uh, many moves this offseason, but come uh, come uh, February, we're going to be the seven-time Super Bowl champs. Hey, and it all starts the next Thursday. I like it. I like it. That was, that was as good as closing comments as, 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 as you had. And you come, up, you come up with some pretty good classics, so uh, – but no, hey, everybody, I can't wait. It's a week away, one week away, guys. So everybody's getting excited. As Mike says, follow the people that he mentioned. As Derpy says, Super Bowl next February. Pittsburgh Pirates back at it tonight. They do play the Reds at 635, first game of a four-game home stand against them. The Dodgers come to town next. So a lot of home baseball. Maybe mm-hmm. you might get down to the North Shore to watch some baseball. If you do, go have a good time and be safe. Other than that, for Derpy, Mike, Ryan, the two dumb users, everybody have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hey, yo. Uh... <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs>